0: Well, this morning, I'm the substitute teacher. So for you guys that don't know me, I'm Bishop Antoine Jackson, and I pastor the Equation Church. But you know what? As uh, Elevation calls me, I'm Uncle Bishop. And so this morning, you all are in a relational vampire series. and And I like talking about relationship stuff because I think that we as the church should be the first voice. And I think oftentimes as the church, we're reactionary. Uh, But I believe that as we dive into more conversations about relationships and the more we teach practically and we really help people understand relationships and the fact that it came from the God that we serve. uh, I think that it'll give us the position that we need to have in the earth and allow us to walk in unity with our fellow brothers and sisters and then also those that we're in relationship with. Okay, so let's read Ephesians chapter number four, verse twenty nine. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 and uh, I don't know if I have it for you on the screens or not but you know use your phone that thing you know that pull that out and let's read Ephesians chapter number 4 verse 29 it says let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. God, help my mind today. Help not, don't let ADD run this message today. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) I am going to talk this morning uh, from a simple subject called the art of communication. I'm going to come at it from a different angle, so I want you to stay with me today, and I believe it's going to give you great clarity in your relationships. Well, I think we all know this, and it is statistically shown that communication is the number one problem in any organization, institution, and relationship. The reason why I start with that is because I want to set the correct expectation for us understanding that as human beings evolve, as organizations evolve, and as people are equipped or exposed to more information and knowledge, it causes communication to be a challenge. But I believe communication being a challenge is a good thing because it's showing that there's movement. It's showing that people are evolving, people are growing, they're having greater experiences that's challenging their intellect in the way that they do life. I tell you, there is nothing worse than being in relationship with somebody that is stale. Ooh. Don't say anything like if you're in a relationship with somebody that's stale. <laughs> just, just, just today, you get permission just to look at me, like just stare at me today. Like don't even look at him, all right? Uh, but there's nothing like being in a relationship uh, with somebody that does not know how to communicate and does not know how to share the things that you know are on their heart. I think it's important for us to understand that the reason why relationships need to be successful because it really reflects God's will in the heavens, that God is a God of communication. He shares his heart. He shares his word with us. He puts his word on print so that we're able to understand him so that we can relate to him. And I think in, in our lives, we are allowing this society today to pull us away from human interaction, pull us away from talking to the people And expressing the way we feel to the people that we we say we love, the people we've married, spent our money on, the people that we stay in the same house with. And it's causing us to be a, a, a division with the very people we want to spend the rest of our lives with. And I think we have to combat that. I think that as we understand the importance of communication and using our words wisely, I think we'll be able to see more fruitfulness in our relationships, in our organizations, and in our lives. So it's important to know that it is the number one problem, and that's because things are constantly moving and growing. So for you all that's always saying, I am so sick, I don't get the emails. I I am so tired. They don't know how to communicate, and they don't know how to talk, and I'm so sick of these people not knowing, you know, I need more information. And you're, you know, you're an information bully. You need to chill out, all right? (laughs) Communication is the number one problem because things are evolving and growing. I'm going to talk through some things today that I think will help us in communication, help us with each other, help us understand each other better. The word corrupt here uh, in Ephesians 4 and 29, it says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. I would like to use for a definition of corrupt of unprincipled. So what he's saying is I don't want us to use unprincipled words that does not lead to edification or to, to growth in your relationship. And so to be unprincipled in your communication has to deal with your motive and intent. I think when we talk about communication, we never talk about intent enough. I think that when you have the right heart posture toward the person that you're in a relationship with and the information that you're trying to communicate to them, it causes your words to come across with wisdom. And I am finding today that more people would rather be right than to be in unity. Today, we're in a day where people would prefer to say, hey, I won the argument. (laughs) You don't see it my way. Something's wrong with the way you look at this. Like, we prefer to be right instead of being unified. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For he sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If you love, your love does not condemn the person you're in relationship with. If you're in love, you're not seeking to shut down or to say that the person isn't useful in a relationship just because there's a gap that's there. I want to encourage somebody today that you might be in a relationship that is struggle, that you're struggling to communicate with, but it does not mean that person is a bad person. All All right, I want you to hear me today. It does not mean that just because you're having communication issues that that person is a bad human. Does not mean that the organization is a bad organization. It does not mean it's a bad church just because there's a lack of understanding or a gap that's there. We have to have correct intent. Like, why would you spend all the money, spend all the time on a person, and then to just shove them away when there's a a problem that's there? We have to realize that the people that we're in relationship with are not bad people. You want to know why it's difficult about that? Because people do do things that make you feel like listen, if you don't get your self together <laughs> if you don't get your life together, listen I'm just go sleep on the couch, just leave me alone, we will drive to church in separate cars, but we'll walk up in here like we got it all together. <laughs> you know but listen then let me tell you why I 'm so candid about relationships i i was um, I was married for eleven years and It was interesting that, I mean, really, we love God. We really did. We love Jesus. The the question wasn't Jesus. The question was my personal development and discipline. Did you to hear me. This is why I'm having this conversation today. The question wasn't about our salvation. Like, we'll see each other and we will dance around in heaven, all right? We will, we will worship the same Jesus. But the issue was I did not have the necessary tools and the capacity to be in relationship. Just because a person, like you don't rock with a person does not mean the person is bad. But the reason why the relationship wasn't able to work was because there were two people that didn't have the capacity to make the relationship work. Good people does not mean that you will have a good relationship. I want you to hear me again. Being a good person does not mean you will have a good relationship. If you don't work on it, if you don't strengthen yourself, if you don't grow yourself, if you don't personally develop yourself, you will find yourself in a relationship like driving a car with a bad wheel alignment. And you will keep pulling and keep pulling and keep pulling until eventually the tire goes flat or you have an issue with the entire car. Can I suggest to you that most of the people that I know, that I've stood in front of, they are in relationships that they're literally pulling to the left or pulling to the right because somebody isn't willing to adjust themselves. Ooh, it's quiet in here today. Mmm, God. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, yeah, ooh, it's quiet, you know, because, <laughs> because we don't take ourselves to get alignment, in alignment. That's what I'm talking about with character development. Personal growth. Realizing that you are in a relationship with another human. That you're not in a relationship with yourself while being married. Mm-hmm. So you look for that person to make you happy. And you look for that person to solve your feelings. Opposed to you going to work on yourself and making yourself better relationships is not two broken people coming together to make each other whole. That's what we think. Relationships should be two whole people coming together to make each other better. I want you to hear me again. That relationships should be two, it should not be two broken people coming together to make each other whole. You should be whole before you get with them. You should be working on your wholeness. Relationships are two whole people coming together to make each other better. So as you're working on yourself, growing yourself, reading the books you need to read, challenging, having self-awareness. Hear me? Having self-awareness so that when you get into a relationship, yeah, you're going to bring some baggage to the table. But it's important for you to realize that there are some stuff on your life and about your life you have to work through to ensure that the relationship works together. Amen. If I'm talking good, just snap your hands. Just snap. Just snap. I don't want you to get in trouble. (laughs) That's not (laughs) right. I I don't want you to get in trouble today. Be like, Bishop, we need counseling because you just revealed my whole relationship. Anyway, so it says don't let corrupt communication. Uh, So for me, it's about motive. My question is to you, what is your motive in communication? Do you just want to be right or do you want unity? Where the scripture says where there's unity, there is commanded the blessing. And what we want is unity in our relationship so that we can walk in the blessing of the relationship. And so that's why we should work hard on having unity and having clarity amongst each other because we want our relationship to be in the blessing. Let me tell you something that I've learned about myself as I've come to a place of awareness. I found that the reasons why relationships weren't working for me was because I subconsciously was looking for a woman to deal with my brokenness. Subconsciously, I was looking for my mother. Ooh, yeah, subconsciously, right? Because when you've had pain, when you've had trauma, when you've had lack in your relationship, you subconsciously attract, now hear me, attract and accept where you're broken. I tell people all the time like this, like you can't, you can't help who's attracted to you. But the reason why you have to have personal development is because you can change who you accept. It's not about who's attracted to you. It's about what you accept. And I found based on the way that you see yourself and the way you've dealt and grown and developed yourself will determine what you will accept in your life. So you find yourself like, why do I keep being with the same type of people? Or why does the relationship keep hitting this same cycle? Because there's a place of brokenness that has to be addressed. And oftentimes it starts with our communication. Somebody say yes. Yes. So I, I want you in communication to learn to not talk at each other, but learn to talk to each other, all right? So I I found that in dealing with communication that oftentimes I have found people that will use communication as a means of manipulation and control. And if you don't deal with your brokenness, you'll find that the person you love, the mate, or even the organization won't work for you because you will set expectations higher for a person than you will for yourself. I'm talking better than y'all talking back to me today. It's all good. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. So we'll have higher expectations for the person we're in relationship. This is how you should respond. This is how you should act. This is how you, uh, this is what I, you know, like through osmosis, like how am I supposed to know what you like? (laughs) Well, ain't you, I mean, yes, I'm praying and I'm talking to Jesus, but you can simply tell me you like black or white. You can tell me you like hot or cold you can tell me if the temperature is too hot or too cold. Like, I ain't got to talk to Jesus about that. (laughs) The reason why it's so funny, let me tell you why it's so funny for me, because, man, I, I, I grew up in church, right? And... What church taught us was get married because it's better to marry than to burn, right? So, it just, uh, uh-huh, all right. Yeah, y'all, y'all don't want to be real today. Y'all don't want to have a real talk. Y'all, y'all I don't want plastic relationships, all right? We ain't got time for that. We too old for the plastic relationships, amen? we're going to be in one, this stuff got to work. Um, so, as you know, it's better to marry than to burn. All right, great. So, it's a pretty lit thing. All right, let's get married. All right, because we don't want to burn but we never assessed our personal capacities. I want y'all to hear me today. We never assessed personal capacities. We didn't see if there was any regiments about our lives that caused us to be able to grow. Were we already at the cap of our lives or so we thought at the cap of our lives? Was there any system, any people, any church, any book, any regiment that we have about our lives that was causing us to grow? Or did I think marriage was the pinnacle and all I needed to do was get married and then pray about everything else? See, that's people that I know in church. They get married, they fake happy, right? And they're praying about a marriage that they won't work on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God fix him instead of saying, God, work on me. God, talk to her instead of God, deal with me relationships require two people that are committed to personal responsibility and personal development. Now, this has been, I think, the biggest light bulb to me because now it gives, it, it makes me wiser in my choice. Like, if I don't see you reading a book, I don't see a book nowhere around you, ma'am. I'm sorry, we good. Yeah, we good. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, like, I, I don't see you. I don't see anybody in your life outside of me that can bring any correction to you. I'm good. Because there's going to come a point in your life where somebody's going to have outside influence to have to deal with the way we think and behave, right? So if you're not, you're not a person that's able to submit to any kind of leadership or authority, you think I'm going to be in a relationship with you? No, I'll pass. I'll pass. Because if you don't have that kind of makeup, and that kind of desire to want to be better, then what will happen is you'll end up with somebody that will make you better. And Lord have mercy, it's a shame to be in a relationship with somebody that's supposed to bring fulfillment and fullness out of your life. And you have no joy, no peace, no satisfaction. And you get more joy out of work than going home. That's unfortunate. But today I hope through this conversation it will help you bring some clarity in your life. Amen. Your mate is not your enemy. So, let's talk through some bad communication tactics, and then I'm going to give you some solutions, and then we're going to pray, all right? These are, this isn't an, an exhaustive list, but these are, these are just things that I've seen. Uh, what I get the privilege of now being a single man, The privilege that I get right now is because I was married for 11 years and I had ups and downs and peaks and valleys in an 11-year marriage. I was able to see things practically hands-on. Now being a single man, I can see it from another perspective. And and can I, I'm just going to say this. Every single person that's in the room, I just want to talk to you for a second. There is nothing wrong with you because you're single. Don't let, hear me. Don't let this marriage idol in society make you think that because you're not married, something is broken or off with you. Clap your hands if you're a single person. And something must be wrong with them because you ain't married. <laughs> but you don't like the person you married too, so I would choose this battle over. <laughs> i choose this one over that one. Like there's there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you because you're single. You you get the freedom of being able to work on yourself, And, and not just to work on yourself to get to marriage, but for you to actually just enjoy being you. All right. So I don't want you to think that this conversation is just to marry folks, because as a single person, I think that sometimes we get the short end of the stick in church. Because sometimes we address married people. And God bless you, married people. It is great. It is awesome. God bless you. Enjoy your marriage. Quit sleeping in separate beds. Drive to church in one car. All right. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Love each other. But it's great that you're married, but also don't use your marriage as any kind of pride to lord over anybody single. And I just want to insert that in our conversation. Amen. Um. So bad communication tactics, number one, philosophizing, philosophizing. We don't have it for you, but write it down, philosophizing. This is where you're trying to fix your mate's thoughts. This is where, (laughs) yeah, you know, you're having a conversation with somebody. These are the common things that I've seen where as a, as a pastor, I'll give you a secret. When I am um, having marriage counseling and I'm talking to couples, I try to get them to fight. It's a secret. It's a secret. All right? Because I need to see where the link is. I need to see, because you don't really know who a person is until they get angry. Oh, yeah. You know, you can come to church and act like you got, you know, oh, praise the Lord. Nah, nah, I know you get mad. Some stuff make you mad. There's some stuff make you mad. There's some stuff that people do in, in your relationship that make you mad. The Bible says anger, but sin not. So, yeah, you can be angry. Nobody's telling you you can be angry. But the reality of where your character is is revealed when anger is revealed. So oftentimes I try to uh, just just assess. So I sit back and I just let them start talking. And once they start talking, somebody's going to hit a tense point and it's going to go up from there. Like it's going to get bad. And (laughs) And then I watch the person that tries to fix the other person's thoughts. When the person may not have language for it or they're just trying to communicate their emotion and they may not have words for it and they bring it out and then you hit a tense point and that person goes, no, you shouldn't think like that. You can't tell your maid how they should think. You can't tell anybody how they should think. (laughs) Ooh All right, just just, just snap again, just snap again. (laughs) See, this is why we have to learn how to speak to the problem. We have to learn how to speak to the problem. And oftentimes, because we lack communication in our relationships, we sometimes don't even understand what the problem is. We can't even see the forest. We can't even see the trees for the forest. We're arguing about the thing that's not really the problem. And it's been complicated time over time, over time, over time, because we have not learned to have a level of discernment. This is why I'm talking about the motive of communication, because there has to be a level of discernment in our relationships to be like, listen, first of all, I love you. You're not the problem. So let's ensure that I'm not blaming you or using language to come against you. I'm trying to identify exactly what the problem is. Maybe I just want more time with you. Maybe you just, you don't scrub off the dishes enough. Maybe I don't like the way you put the sheets on the bed. Maybe like you pay the bills and I can't get gas. Like, can we talk about the way you handle money, you know? And so maybe sometimes we're arguing over things that's not really the problem. And so you're trying to fix a person's thoughts when they're maybe just trying to articulate. So I've seen philosophizing be like the number one problem. The second thing that I saw, uh, that I see in talking with couples, is psychologizing. And this, these are the people that analyze and speculate all of your mate's, you know, responses and actions. You know that that you used to text me at eight o'clock every day, and you didn't text me to ten o'clock today. Something must be wrong. You used to call me every day at seven o'clock. Now you don't call me anymore. Something must be wrong. You used to respond to my emails the moment I sent them. Now you don't respond to my emails at all. Something must be wrong. We're trying to psychologize. You know, we try to act like we're our own diagnostic for our relationship. Ooh, that's that's a hard person to deal with because oftentimes you're not able to express the realities of what it is because they're, te- they're trying to tell you and superimpose what their thoughts are on the relationship and on what's going on. And so, psychologizing, I've seen to be very difficult. Look at your neighbor and say, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't psychologize. Let your mate articulate their thoughts even if it's something that you don't agree with. This is why intent is important. Because if you can allow a person to just talk through what's going on and allow it to at least just put it on the table, you can get to a place of clarity. So it's important to realize that your mate will never be able to defend your theories. All right? You can't be a conspiracy theorist in relationships and expect your relationship to work. (laughs) yeah I can't do nothing you think everything I'm doing is bad like for real like no like you can't do that to your mate all right number three abusive language these are bad communication uh, tactics abusive language this is degrading your spouse degrading your mate degrading organizations degrading institutions because you don't have a level of understanding uh, this Abusive language is something that I don't think we talk about enough because sometimes we try to mask truth through sarcasm. Oh, boy, because you don't want to be just head on with it because you think that if I just tell you flat out the truth, then it's going to cause some kind of conflict or some kind of war. So we, everything is a joke. But then we expect for the mate to like read through which one is a joke and which one is serious. Like what's the real problem or are we just, you know? And so I found that abusive language is something that's, that we should work on. We should find better language in addressing and dealing with problems in our relationships. We should find better language. We don't want to emotionally abuse our spouses. Can I be honest in the reason why I talk about this in church? Because in church, of course, we can talk about adultery. In church, we can talk about all this other stuff, but we never address abuse. And the people that are in relationships that are being beat up through verbalization and emotional control, and they don't know how to handle it because I'm praying, I'm praying, but they keep talking to me like that. I'm wanting them to realize that I'm a good person, but why do you keep yelling at me like that? Why do you cuss at me like that? Why do you say those kind of things about me? And there are so many people that are sitting in church in terror to even address the problem because they know what's going to come back. It feels like it's going to be like a bullet in their words. I want you to know that that's not healthy for our relationships. We have to be very careful the words and the language that we use in addressing the people that we love. This is why the scripture says, it says, let all this in communication. It says, let all this be done without bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, and with all malice. It says, put that stuff away. That's why the motive of communication is important. This is why the truth of being, being, um, what's the best way to say it? Being the one that is right is highly overrated. We have to focus on the mission. Can I tell you the truth? That some of the reasons why we struggle with communication is because we don't have anything to hold us accountable to in our relationships. That the only thing that is holding us accountable in our relationships are our feelings. But that is crazy. Because just like in this room, it was hot in this room, and it was cold in this room all in this entire hour. Do I throw away the whole room? Or do I put on a jacket? So do I throw away the entire relationship? Or do I make adjustments? What I'm saying is you got to be willing to make adjustments in relationships for this stuff to be able to work. So let's give you these solutions and then I'm going to be done. The number one solution is maturity. (laughs) Amen. Let me tell you something. We talk about how we talk about kids. But Kim, as a pastor, let me talk about these immature adults. Look, I'm I'm letting all my evil communication go out of my foot. Oh, I had the wrong word. I'm like, you you that old, and you talking to them like that? You got a degree, and that's all the words you can find. <laughs> now, I got to understand something about me it, like in, in, in marriage counseling I am impartial and I'm straight down the middle and I get you just like I would get him I don't do that you know got favorites in the relationship no if we go, if we're going to have a relationship that's going somewhere somebody's got to hold it in account and in alignment so you know like you got all that you got all that wisdom and you dealing with them like that? And you and you silent like that? And that's the way you throwing stuff? Really? You 40 and throwing stuff? <laughs> you 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 can't talk without using your hands? But the person you're in relationship with is the problem? Man, please. <laughs> we need maturity. We need people that will commit to personal discipline and personal growth. Maturity, right? You're committed to working on yourself and making yourself better. You're committed to saying, hey, there may have been a way that I've operated in the past, but this just isn't good enough where I'm going in my life right now. I can't keep having all this tension in my interpersonal relationships. There has to come a point in your life where you want peace. And with peace, you got to have compromise. Compromise. You got to have a place where, you know, I may not get all that I want and all that I need from you, but it does not make you bad. And it does not mean that I'm going to put pressure on our relationship to be perfect, but I'm going to have a level of maturity to control myself. The Bible says this, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Bible says that you can have as much self-control as you want. So with your save loving Jesus, self, and you can't control your tongue or control your feelings or control your emotions, you got to stay at the horns of the altar. That prayer time, Jen, called. You got to be the first one here. Yep, Lord. (laughs) Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. So maturity is needed. I want you to seek to understand before you seek to be understood that's what maturity is in communication seek to understand before you seek to be understood number two don't expect for your mate to fix your feelings Ooh, lord because it's like well if you would stop doing this then i would stop responding like that if you would act like this i'm gonna act like that like and you can't expect for your mate to fix your feelings. You can't put that level of responsibility on anybody else but yourself. Maturity is a person that knows how to manage their own emotions in regardless of what the circumstance in the situation is like. If the person never changes, if the institution never changes, if the problem never changes, how you handle you is the definition of maturity, we need a day of people that will take personal responsibility for themselves and say, you know what? It's not them, it's me. And how I handle me is what matters, all right? And lastly, that of affirmation. The reason why I say affirmation is because we live in a day of, of, of this, all right? And we're in a day where people are flossing their relationships, okay? Uh, hashtag Man Crush Monday, Hashtag Women Crush Wednesday. Hashtag I love my boo. Hashtag I like them, but if we're sitting at dinner, we don't talk. Ooh, right, right. Like, no, it's it's it's. We're living in a day where people will publicly affirm a relationship because we want this facade of perfection. Right. We want this this facade of perfection. So we'll post it online like we're perfect, but we don't privately talk to each other. The reason why I say affirmation, and I mean affirmation in private, is because I think we have to return to the fact of being able to look each other in the eye and tell each other how we feel about each other. I think we need to return to the fact that our affirmation needs to be so heartfelt and it needs to be private. It doesn't need to be showcased for the world to be Oh, y'all a beautiful couple. You don't need to showcase that your relationship like that. You should love the person that you're in a relationship with so much that you can just privately look them in the eye and find the words. So I, I do this challenge and, and I and I ask these couples that, that counsel with me, like describe how you feel. And it sometimes is heartbreaking of the limited amount of words that a person can find to describe the person that they spent the rest of their life with. But the endless amount of time we can spend complaining about our problems. Would you hear this? It is vastly different. But I'm like, okay, write down and tell me how you feel about your spouse. It's like, oh, they cook great. All oh, her hair smells good. All oh, he has good mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he's a good father. You know, oh, he works hard. Okay. These are all the things I hear all the time. But then, if I was like, let's just talk about your problems, I'd still be sitting in my counseling office today. (laughs) Because we, for some odd reason, know how to talk more about problems than we are able to affirm the people we're in relationship with. My challenge to you today is, as you're working on your communication, I want you to be intentional about finding words. I want you to be able to, like, maybe you're not in a relationship, but you have friends and you should be able to look those people in the eye and tell them how you feel about them. You should be acquainted enough with them that you should be able to tell them what, what's important or what validates the relationship and what encourages them and builds them. So in your relationships, I want you to be intentional about affirmation. I want you to find something good. Oh, how wonderful is it for brethren to dwell together in unity? It is precious like the oil that runs down. <laughs> it is precious to see a couple, to dwell together in unity. Can I pray for you?